Hey guys, it's Brad. I just have one very quick announcement here. As you know, we've been nearly ad-free for these 275 episodes. We want to keep it that way, but we also want to give back to you guys who have been supporting us. There's a lot of generous donors out there, so we've started a Patreon account, which will allow you to continue to support us on a monthly basis, and in return, we can give back to you. We've already got a few special incentives up there, some merch, some outtakes, and we're going to come up with more as time goes on. So if you've already supported us, thanks tons. Go check it out, patreon.com slash goingofftrack, or you can also get there via links on our website. Hello, and welcome to Going Off Track. Hello. What's happening? Oh, man. Um, summer's over. Summer's Sorry. over. Sorry. Yes. It was, uh, I had a good summer. I saw the uh, eclipse. You did? Did I tell you about this? No. Wow. Do you want to hear about it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we're at the point where people are not sick of hearing eclipse stories. <laughs> they might be but, like, why are you guys talking about this? But at least you've probably haven't heard about this in a while. So the, yeah, let's do it. What day was the eclipse was like on a Monday, right? So yes, it was on a Monday. On Thursday morning, I, uh, I looked over my wife's shoulder and she's at her laptop and she was looking at rental cars and she's like, you know, it's really cheap to rent, it, rent a car right now for the week. And I was like, are you, and the night before I had been thinking about the eclipse, I, I completely dismissed it. And then like, I, so I read something by somebody maybe on Wired and, you know, they were talking about how this hadn't happened in a hundred years. And I'm thinking like, wow, maybe this really is like a big deal and I should take the kids to it. And so I was like, they said, are you doing what I think you're doing? You want to try to go? And she's like, yeah. And so we like, we're just it's the most spontaneous. I think we've been since we got married. Oh, please. <laughs> Brad uh, has a landline, which is very impressive. I'm going to edit that out. Um, <laughs> and we fucking did it, dude. We drove down to Tennessee, where my cousins live. Nice. And then we actually ended up going into northwest Georgia to, to actually see. And, and, dude, it was... Did you get those glasses or yeah, whatever? Yeah, we got the glasses. But so I'm not going to... Yeah, everybody's heard enough about the fucking eclipse, although now it's two months later but it was intense it went it went to nighttime it was nighttime it was like the difference between being right in the totality and being you know just barely outside of it is literally night and day the fucking the the crickets and stuff came out that's so wild yeah like right before it went dark it went dead silent like all the daytime like insects because we were out in the country stopped Traffic completely stopped. Like, you don't really even realize, you don't even know. We were in the country and couldn't even see any roads. But afterwards, I realized that, you know, that there was some traffic noises in the background. But when about a minute before the eclipse, it went dead silent. No insects, no traffic, nothing. And then once it cut, and then it just cut to darkness like night, like fully like night. And the insects started like night, like crickets and frogs that make noise at night started making noise. What idiots. <laughs> Anyway, that's my big summer that's story. Cool. Yeah. It was a blast. I didn't really see it. I was in a wedding in LA and there they had like a brunch on Monday morning and I was Well, you there. have to be This is what I'm saying is like you have to, if you're not in the totality, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's someone had the glasses at this relevant. party and so like I looked up and I was like, "Yeah, something looks weird." Yeah. And then I was like, "I'm going to get some more coffee now." <laughs> and uh yeah. 
No, that was in nighttime. It was night. Yeah. I'll see the next one in 100 years or whatever. Actually, the next one's in like seven years. Oh, really? Yeah. After 100 years, the next one's going to come through New York State in like seven years. Perfect. So, yeah, I'll start planning that soon. We'll have a party. Yes. Uh, Today on the podcast, very exciting episode. We have... uh, Vinny Karuna and Brandon, Brand, excuse me, Brandon Riley from uh, The Movie Life. They have a new record that just came out on September 22nd on Rise Records. It is called Cities in Search of a Heart. Um, and it's a very good record. I wrote the bio for it, actually. Uh, <laughs> is that a disclaimer? I mean, I'm just saying I've listened to the record a lot. So I'm, uh, I'm a trusted name and I think the record's good. <laughs> And uh, yeah, they are actually on the road now. They are in the midst, the midst of a full U.S. tour. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, they're doing the whole U.S. And uh, they're going down playing the Fest in Gainesville. Sadly, United Nations is not playing it this year. But uh, they'll be playing there on October 29th. I'm sure that'll be a crazy show. And then in uh, November, they're doing, looks like, a week of shows in the U.K., which is very cool. And those shows are with Wallflower. They're also doing a bunch of shows with Racket Club, one of my favorite oh, new bands. There you go. Featuring the whole, yeah, this is, yeah, all the West Coast shows uh, Movie Life is doing with Racket Club, uh, which is Blair from Knapsack and Gel Sound, Sergi from Sam I Am and Knapsack's band, who are very excellent. And then the East Coast, they have this band, Heart Attack Man opening, who I haven't heard, but apparently are very good. So check out the new Movie Life record, Cities in Search of a Heart. And now you can listen to this interview with um, Vinny and Brandon about the record, because that's the whole point of the podcast. <laughs> so enjoy. It's going on no, um, Squeeze is coming, but we're going to be on tour. I was, oh. I was really looking forward to it. And Psychedelic Fur as well, I'm on tour. Really? It's like two of my favorite bands. Yeah, yeah, that's might, wild. Maybe won't put on a good show anymore, <laughs> but... <laughs> I would no. definitely go if I was home, though. I saw them last year, and it was good. I saw a really first? good squeeze show. Yeah. Oh, you saw the Psychedelic like, first? Like back together again. Um, they keep doing they that. They played in. Okay, I, I played in like this a solo show in the small room, um, and they were playing the big room in the observatory in oh, really? in Santa Ana. Oh yeah, and it was very good. It's well, cool, good. and everybody was. Like their guitar player is insanely. Yeah, I was tasty. being very cynical. I, I'm sure that. It's... No, no, it was good. It was, it was good. Um, you don't know what you know what the lineup was because I'm not familiar with the members of the band. I'm the not either. This might be the guitar player lives in my neighborhood, and he's like he's younger. He's not from the original he, band. He, he, I watched from the balcony because it was like our dressing room hallway was connected to the balcony of the big room. Nice. So I just watched, like, kind of walked down there. So. He did look younger. Yeah. And like... The squeeze does the same thing there. Um, yeah, I think so. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was skinny. real tasty, like really... He was actually the guy where I was like, oh, they're... They're not bad. Sound. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the singer was good. You know, he was good. We, we had well, he's always thing. had like a sort of punk, yeah. punky... Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, it's not like that demanding voice. for him, yeah. I don't think. He yeah. just kind of... We had that same thing happen. We played that small room of the observatory, and there are all these kids outside, and we're like, oh my God, the show's going to be awesome. And then Julian Casablanca's just playing the big room. No one's there to see us. Oh, Oh, what, solo or with the. the He was doing some kind of like weird, like world music thing. All these guys were in like weird outfits. (laughs) It was really bad. I thought it was bad. I feel like Blake Schwarzenbach got. The psychedelic first thing, like that's where he got his inspiration for his, really? where he took his vocal approach. 
I never Sometimes thought about that. Sometimes they sound like the same person, to me, at least. I've never listened to them very much, to and be honest. the plot thickens because Jawbreaker covered Into You Like a Train, which is a psychedelic <laughs> song, which kind of leads me to believe that, yes, maybe he was going for that Interesting. a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. It's a good cover. It's one of those things where it's almost like I like it better than the real version. Interesting. Yeah, I never heard that. Yeah, check it out. I will check it out. Yeah, I like his voice. Yeah. Richard Butler, I Super think. cool. Yeah. yeah. How are we going? Are we good to go? We've been going, man. Oh, gotcha. Cool. Use this. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Julian. <laughs> I like the <laughs> Sorry, Julian. Everyone else, we said good things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all right. He'll get over it. I'm also a listener of the podcast, so I know Ooh. how you guys do. Okay. And a former guest Pressure. on the podcast. Yes, Pressure. former guest. How long ago were you? You were probably on a while ago. If, it was at Rubber Tracks. It was when I was promoting my solo record. Okay. So it must have been last um, spring. Gotcha. Yeah. I walked, totally I walked there. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was you and Benny. Okay. Um, and that, it was awesome. That checks out. It's like my favorite yeah? interview. Yeah. It's, you have to excuse me. Like, my ears are obviously fucked because I've been doing this for almost 20 years. And I'm definitely hearing the ringing in my ears being in this quiet ass room. Dude, I, I, yeah, I was on this vacation all last week and I was in this cabin in Canada and I like, it was, I hadn't noticed it in so long. And then I was like, oh my God, it's really bad. The silence yeah. is definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little, it's, it's kind of like exacerbated today because I have terrible allergies and the allergies are making it weirder. Yeah. I know so, what you mean. You'll have to speak up. Yeah, should we put on some white noise or something? Or a fan? With some headphones? <laughs> no, no. We never do headphones. No. I don't, we could. We could. Uh, so, there's a new movie, Life Record? Yeah. That's news. That's pretty exciting. The, um, yeah. I've heard it a lot. Um, so what do you think? I think it's good. I mean, you know, I, uh, I wrote the bio, um, so I interviewed you guys about it uh, for the record. <laughs> Um, yes, you did. But yeah, so we had talked about what I think is interesting. So Brandon, you live in Terrytown, yeah, and Vinny live in Greenpoint. Mm-hmm. So could you get, talk a little bit about maybe sort of how the record kind of came together, or how you guys? Because I feel like it's like it's hard to get in the same room as someone as an adult. Like, how big of a challenge was that? I guess to just coordinate. It was it, coordinating. It was easy because well it would have been harder if you weren't still working in the city at the time yeah i i had quit my job which made everything a lot easier as far as committing to getting together with Vinny to write music but basically we would just carve out like three days a week where we would just go for like a half a, a half a day basically and i would go to him i'd drive out to him or he'd come out to me and we would just sit in a room for hours and just write but you know, is- when, when we started, he was still working in the city, and uh, so he would come over after work, and then he'd go home. So that was, like, the way it started. But, th- I mean, the way it really started was, like, we were playing reunion shows, and, you know, eventually we were, you know, we were buds again. And, I mean, not that we weren't buds, but um, we were in each other's lives again regularly. So we were kind of like, you know makes sense let's 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 see what it sounds like to write music together and let's not talk to anybody about it for a while and let's just see how it goes and uh here we are with a record that's coming out in september and i mean 
writing in my living room and then writing in uh, a friend of Brandon's in Tarrytown has a practice space and he would let us go in there. And uh, yeah, we would just practice like right at the Tarrytown straight train station. There's a little warehouse and we would just write there too. So change the scenery back and forth and just kind of get it together. So like, but like, how did you kind of flush out the songs? Like, did you, when did you add like drums and that kind of stuff? Like, how does that um the way we demoed later? the way we demo with the rat who produced it hit brett romness he we call him the rat he's our, <laughs> that's his nickname he uh we developed a demo he he plays drums and i'm the avalanche and we made a few records to, with him producing as well and we developed a demo method where once the songs are together record guitars to a click record bass and then he programs the drums uh over the guitars and bass and then sing over that okay and that was in batch that was done in batches basically so you know we'd be like all right we have five songs let's let's demo them you know and then we demo them and listen and be like you know either rearrange them or just say that's not good at all or this is really good let's not even touch it and then we get back to writing more songs and we do another batch of you know half a dozen and that was pretty much the method it's a good way to do it for anyone like listening that's like you know uh we can't make noise here we can't you know you can do it anywhere Mm -hmm. we do it in my apartment where i have you know neighbors on each side of me and below me and so nobody ever hears anything because the the guitar there's no amps the guitars are you know we're getting the putting the guitar straight through the computer so the record was written and recorded with ever playing the songs live in a practice space. Wow. That's true, yeah. We never played as a band still yet. <laughs> but, right. yeah, we've been doing that for a long the time. New music. So, we're, you know, we're really good at it now. So. That is <laughs> wild. <laughs> yeah. So, that, I mean, that's like the New York City way to do it. And obviously it's, you know, you don't have to rent out a studio and get drum sounds and do all the things that don't really matter because no one's going to hear it anyway and just trying to align a full band's schedule basically is just would be like grueling so are you saying you recorded the final guitars in your bedroom no 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 (laughs) that was all the demos and that's how we knew what the record was um because his pro he's nasty at programming drums and we got all our drum sounds from brian mcturnan's uh, I'm the Avalanche recorded a record, uh, recorded drums in Brian McTurnan's drum room in in his studio in F- Fells Point, Baltimore, and so we have all the samples from his um, drum sounds in his drum room. So the, those are the drum sounds, and he's super slick with the programming, so right. it sounds. super real yeah yeah so if you're showing a label or anybody else the demos they're like wow this sounds like a record right you know because we're playing a les paul through a fake marshall and you know uh no you can do it if you have you know there's if there's there's actually little tricks how to add you know the guys that are good at it they know how to add mistakes you know what i mean yeah 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 and that's how they get away with it (laughs) yeah and and no you can you can definitely yeah but as far as the the album itself you know all through amps and mic'd cabinets and things like that and then live are you guys trying to figure as fozzy was playing with you guys right Mm -hmm. matt fozzy's been playing bass for us nice um which is amazing the guys you 
you could do way worse as far as a dude who's gonna like learn all your songs and play them really well. He just and seems so really down, nice though. Singer, he's, he's not really friendly. He's just always like, uh. well, that's the downside. Is that <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a, a terrible sh- person, he's a huge <laughs> asshole, but <laughs> and his dog really... is ugly. Yeah, and... totally. He doesn't have cool hair. <laughs> no, it's like he's like a, but it, he makes up for it with his technical abilities. Yeah, he's, um, he's he learned, you know, whatever eighteen the eighteen songs that he had to learn, and came into the studio and. Technically, within an hour, we were good, but we, I believe you know, it. We, t- we needed, we wanted to take more time just to make sure that we weren't like dreaming or anything. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I you know because I, I still wanted to work things out for myself, but he was in there and he was just. Solid. We could have played a show. We could have played a show without practicing. That's how. Like, actually, he was really terrible, and he's with us now. So, <laughs> oh yeah, he's not. Nobody he got a lot ideas. worse since he yeah. joined our band. So. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's gotten not. worse, and he's kind of. We're just kind of gonna just ride him till the wheels fall off. Yeah, smart. <laughs> keep him to ourselves <laughs> so so for this tour you'll be playing a lot of these songs i guess live for the first time yeah and we haven't played any of them live that's wild how does that feel uh exciting right now it feels okay <laughs> yeah well yeah I, well honestly i mean i know that brandon's gonna have it i know that rat i mean he made the record he played on the record you just know everyone's be gonna fine. have it everyone's i know the words professional <laughs> so and fozzy's gonna show up like he always does super pro so we're good we'll, um, we'll rehearse for a few days and go on but tour. it's exciting i mean we're gonna play songs when we have we have more songs to put in the set list now yeah and they're good i think we think we're we're well, positive that it's good so we have to like go out there and do it and i'm excited like i've been taking a big break from the record because i don't want to get sick of myself or us and um i listened to the next song that we're going to premiere this morning when i woke up because i got like a email about it or something and i thought yeah it's still good like (laughs) you know it's you know it's scary to come back it's not scary it's just you don't know even if you did make the best record of all time that still doesn't mean anyone has time for it you know (laughs) right right they might like want to just listen to s-town or something or maybe they're just like i'm good you know i i i have my movie life songs that i like i don't need any more of them right right Mm. so all we could do is just make a killer record and hope that there's some people that um kind of that it kind of moves you know and kind of like gets under their skin um i don't know if you want to talk about this but uh well, i know now we have to all right <laughs> <laughs> i know like you've done some of like the emo night stuff or the emo stuff do you not want to talk about this i thought we were gonna I do th- a separate <laughs> podcast about this <laughs> that need, emo podcast that might need a separate podcast. Me, me, and jo- me and jonah were having a beer and the- uh were we having a beer we were we were having a, a we meal we were having lobster a meal of rolls food. Ooh. Yeah, it was lobster a rolls. yeah corn we and the cob. joint. Yeah, it's very good. I was most certainly having a beer, and uh, <laughs> and we got on the topic of emo night. Um, yeah, so sometimes singers of bands that who don't know how to DJ <laughs> uh, get asked to DJ sometimes because um, I don't know. That's a thing. And yeah. sometimes um, when when these nights happen, the bands that they're playing, the bands that they're DJing, like, 
draw less people than the event of <laughs> of like the 1500 people that come out to an emo night and it's funny it's really funny crazy stuff but i've had some crazy experiences um so they asked me to do la emo night which is um, like the i think it's like a really big one right it was really big yeah and there was like a line down the block of people that couldn't get in and they asked me to play four songs acoustic which was a bad idea because <laughs> it was a party <laughs> and it was filled with people who don't know my music because i don't know i feel like you know movie life's an older band i feel like a lot of our at least you know a good portion of our fans are like a little older and maybe aren't going to emo night and some of them definitely are i mean i ran into a lot of them but i mean the la emo night was interesting um it was really cool that they asked me to do it and i'm glad i did it but it was funny like i played like i didn't know what to play and i wasn't gonna play music that i didn't like and i'm not gonna say what bands i don't like how are you gonna play emo then (laughs) (laughs) well first of all emo night to me means all right so then we're gonna do promise ring and mineral (laughs) and juna 44 and like i would even play like heroin and stuff like that (laughs) yeah so or anything in between um that sounds like a great night to me i w- <laughs> let's do that let's let's do let's that do let's not this. call it yeah. um so but 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 i got an idea of what was going on and i was like all right well i'll play my my buds you know i played saves the day which I think went well, but I played like an old Saves the Day song. It was super fast, so people were like, oh, I don't know this. <laughs> I played Thursday, and some people responded. I okay. played Last Jaw. Nobody really responded. I think I played Piebald. Basically, bands that we came up with and who I like. <laughs> Basically, all East Coast fans. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. And but- it was bad, and I got a sense. It wasn't bad, but people were just kind of like, Okay, when are they going to play Taking Back Sunday and Brand New? That was really it. And I play. I remember playing a brand new song. I didn't actually, not in LA. I learned that. But basically, <laughs> no, but I, I got to, I tell you, we had to do a different podcast for this. It's long. Okay. So, not, I mean, the, basically, I knew, <laughs> I knew what, I gathered what Emo Night was about, which is basically play as much brand new and Taking Back Sunday as possible. <laughs> and everyone will sing along. And the the people that put it on will make shitloads of money. Brand new and Taking Back Sunday will make none of it. <laughs> and fucking job done. Right. So, but I, I, so I didn't do that in LA. So as soon as I saw that, and I'm not saying I don't like Brand New and Taking Back Sunday. They're both very good bands. So I was just like, well, this isn't going well. And everyone freaking out like before i went on we're like freaking out to like drake and stuff (laughs) and i was like this is an emo night (laughs) this is just a club night filled with kids that kind of went to like you know they got into my chemical romance and maybe dashboard confessional but this is not emo night like and as soon as i figured that out i flipped it and i put on fucking um Shit, what? What's, oh, I put on uh, McConan. Do you know that dude? No. He's like a trap artist. 
like experimental trap artist and he had like a few songs you ever heard the song club going up on a tuesday yes that's mcconan okay featuring drake so i put on a mcconan song that i actually liked that really i was like oh this is interesting and everything changed the whole place was like (laughs) (laughs) and i was like okay so now i get it So they don't want old emo. They don't want new emo. They want no emo. <laughs> they want you to just. They want an emo guy to DJ club music to them. There it is. <laughs> right, and it was a party, and I get that. But then there was like you know certain emo songs maybe that I didn't think of. Emo, I fucking you know certain pseudo commercial, pseudo punk pop music that I didn't think of. I was like, oh, that's emo. That's the emo that these people think are is right. emo. <laughs> Like, yeah, like Steven did one in New York, and yeah, it's like you play like a Paramore song, and people like lose their minds. Yeah. And I would never <laughs> think of that. Like, and I don't want to turn into like old guy, like, this is an emo. Like, <laughs> it was emo when I was. But seriously, come on. But yeah. <laughs> but it, it was more of a party, like a club sure. night than that. And that's cool. And it was, and like for, you know, I'm 37, so I wouldn't be caught dead ever going to a party like that. But everyone else there was having a great time, and the people in the LA emo night were super cool to me and it was awesome uh yeah, we should also probably... just make it clear that it was la <laughs> steven just got back yes <laughs> yes that's a big factor but <laughs> then <laughs> but then um I, I got asked to do the glamour kills um party like a anniversary party which is a clothing line of buds yeah marky's like, been on the podcast yeah marky is awesome. He said, we're doing a party. We want you to DJ. I said, that's awesome. I'm super down. When I got there, I so I put together an entire set because you need to have like a playlist or at least I learned that like, you know, you download the fake DJ program right. and then you like mix it. There's like two fake turntables yeah. and I learned, you know, I have to have those songs ready to go. Like if the Wi-Fi is fucked up, I can't just do it off of Spotify. I put together a set, like, with my now wife the night before. The sickest fucking set of hip-hop music. (laughs) Because it was a party, and it was in New York City. Okay? I'm, like, getting defensive about it. So So I show up. I do sound check to make sure I know what I'm doing, because I've only DJed once before at LA Emo Night, and it didn't go well. (laughs) And... I get up, and the two people before me, it was the singer of We Are the In Crowd. She played, like, Taking Back Sunday Brand New and Taking Back Sunday and Brand New. And then (laughs) one of the dudes from um, All Time Low played, you know, other stuff that you would imagine would be at an emo night of that kind. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And I went up and I did my set. I don't know what to do while I'm standing on stage. As I, only, I know how to hold the microphone and sing my own songs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I went into like the sickest set of all time. I know it was because every single security guard at Webster <laughs> Hall, after I got off, after I cleared half the room out, <laughs> they were like... We got to get you back here. That was the best fucking set of all time. 
I put in like new stuff that I don't necessarily like, but I also put in like Dipset, like Tribe, De La Soul, um, <laughs> stuff that I I'm into. And they fucking loved it. And every all my friends that work at Webster Hall were texting me, being like, "Everyone's freaking about out about how good you were." At the same time, I realized that this wasn't just a glamour kills party. Emo night Brooklyn had been a part of it, and they introduced themselves to me. Those guys who are very nice guys as well. But they do a similar thing. Well, no, I guess they don't. It's less of a club night and more of like a Taking Back Sunday, brand new, Blink-182, <laughs> right, everyone's right. singing along. Yeah, that's the thing Steven did. Yeah. Um, and, which is fun for everyone. Sure. And, but like, it's probably not something I would do, you know, like, so that was the thing. They were bummed because I met them right before I went on stage in the dressing room. He's like, it's really cool you're here. Like, we're from Brooklyn Emo Night. I'm like, what's that? I'm like, oh, where are you from? And they're like, uh, not Brooklyn. And I was just like, oh, cool, cool. Well, I'm, I'm doing a fucking, a, a whole set of hip hop. And they laughed. And I was like, no, I'm doing a whole set of hip hop. <laughs> and they were like, well, as long as you like put it, put in like Justin Bieber every once in a while. And like, it'll be cool. Like people will like that and stuff. And then I left. And then they, <laughs> I realized that they weren't joking. Um, so that's how that night went. <laughs> um, and it, and everyone seemed pretty bummed. And then I went home. Uh, so I inadvertently played emo night, Brooklyn. I didn't know I, I, I would have definitely played glass jaw on Thursday right, and like right. my buds again. And that probably would have went over well, maybe anyway. And then they asked me to do long Island emo night and I didn't want to. But anytime anyone's like, yeah, come out here, we're going to pay you money, you know, drinks on us, you know, and it takes me like 10 minutes to get there. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Long Island Emo Night, I learned my lesson. I'm not playing any hip hop. <laughs> Showed up to Long Island Emo Night. I played Dashboard, Who's Our Homie. I played Dashboard. People were kind of like, yeah, whatever. I played a brand new song. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like one of their big hits. It was like my favorite brand new song. People were like, whatever. I played Get Up Kids, like what I think is like a big Get Up Kids song. Nobody responded. Nobody responded to Glassjaw. Same situation. Like, I don't know what these people want. And then Sal, who owned, it was at Avenueville Music Hall, Sal from the band The Sleeping, he owns the place and he came up with a big glass of whiskey and he's like, this fucking sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> and jake it was a whole thing jake from uh east coast collective and stuff he like booked it and he's like i don't know how i feel about all this like emo night stuff and i'm like do your thing man it's like a good thing it's a club night that you're doing and you're gonna make money and it's right. cool and everyone's happy just don't ask me to do it again is what i told him and he didn't anyway sal came up with a big glass of whiskey and there were some kids in the front row that were like fans of my bands and fans of Movie Life and Avalanche, clearly. Like they were like saying what's up and like, fucking awesome, you're here. Those people turned on me because Sal came up with a big glass of whiskey and he's just like, yo, stop playing. Like just fucking play, play hip hop. And I was like, dude, I can't play hip hop. 
I've been through this before. <laughs> like, uh, this is actually a nightmare. Like, this is the kind of nightmare that I have. Like, being on stage and having everyone hate me. <laughs> and I started playing hip-hop because I, I drank the whole glass of whiskey and was just like, fuck it. fuck it, you're right, man. Let's just, like, blow this out. Like, let's just have fun. I started playing hip-hop and people started getting really bummed. And those people that were, like, knew who I was and, like, were, ha were like, happy I was there one dude was like super drunk and i was playing like good hip-hop and everybody was bummed and he was literally i had a guy like five feet away from me at amityville music hall that was once my fan like two minutes before that <laughs> just yelling the word pl words play emo play emo play emo what are you doing this is the darkest fucking story this is one of the darkest Dude, stories i've ever it. heard i've only heard pieces of all of this and i didn't hear it <laughs> in entirety anyway I, I put myself through it three fucking times well fast forward to two months ago Bl blood money i got asked to deem to dj um an emo brunch probably <laughs> Probably not even the same affiliates, but I got asked to do it. I heard like the Kirby Enthusiasm song, like in the sky. And I was like, nope, not going to do it. I turned it down. I didn't even know what, what it, the offer was, right? I just said no. I said, I can't do it. The fuck is an emo brunch? It's going to be the same. I'm going to, it's the same thing Vince go, went through. It's going to be the same exact thing. It was like the emo, it was like an emo rendition of the Kirby Enthusiasm song. <laughs> Like a whinier Kirby enthusiasm song. It's, I was doing. I mean, well, I was. I was already. Let me I, clarify. I was, there's people that are going to be fucking mad at me about telling these stories, uh, right? I, I don't know. I feel like you've been very diplomatic God. about it. There, am I? I think so. Just because I say everyone's nice. <laughs> they are, everyone is nice. That's what I always do too. <laughs> no, I, but it's yeah. But no, it's, it's true. Fun. I think it's I think thing. it's it's something with the culture. It's not like against any like person. No, no, no. It's a cult. This it's should be going on, and everyone that's deriving any joy from it should. And anyone that's making money off it should, too. Because they're throwing a party, and people are coming. Just don't ask me to do it. And if you do, <laughs> just know what you're getting into. Because I don't know what I'm doing. Because you're going to accept... <laughs> no, the, because next time, I'll be like, alright, I'm going to play all everything all these people want to hear. And then I won't know what they want to hear. I'll never get it right, so I'm ne I'll never do it again. So you know, it's hard to for to get an offer from your booking agent where it's like, oh, you no, you don't even have to play the show. You just show up and sip drinks and play music right. off of your iPad. And it's like, well, how the fuck can I turn that down? Yeah, because I was in L.A. and they knew I was, so they grabbed me. Like we were playing that festival. And also, how do you fuck that up, right? How do you fuck that up? Three <laughs> You're not going to fuck it up more than once. <laughs> I mean, I had ex I DJed last night. I don't DJ that much. But I had the experience where it was a crowded bar, like a cool bar, and just no one cared what I was playing. And that was like, I just felt like I was sort of like invisible. That's liberating. Yeah, I it wasn't bad. It but was I was that. like, I can do whatever. But it was also sort of like, I, w like, I wish more of my friends had come so I could like <laughs> yeah, talk it's like to a them. strange euphoria. Yeah, yeah, I was like, people are kind of looking at me uh, and I can't tell if they like this or hate it. I'm playing like Polvo. <laughs> what Polvo song did you play? I was playing a lot of stuff off like later stuff off like si Siberia okay. and like in prisons. Like I, I like a good night. It's, I thought it was cool. I, I couldn't make it. I saw you posted it on Instagram. Yeah. 
I couldn't come last it's okay. night. That's the only reason I didn't. I had a soccer game last I night. I kept thinking someone was going to come up to me at one point and be like, dude, I totally get what you're doing. <laughs> like, I've never heard this kind of music yeah. in a bar. Like, this is like, this made my night. And one girl was like, I like what you're doing. It's really cool. I was like, oh, thanks. And she's like, hey, I need to charge my phone. Like, I was like, oh, you literally. Which means like, she didn't really care what you were doing. Yeah, she needed to charge It was like so qualifying. Yeah. Like, how are you? Anyways. But usually yeah. you do Can get I that one person, here? right? Every yeah. time you DJ, yeah. like, that's that, that shot in the arm, that yeah. like, go, go, yeah. you're doing yeah. great. And I saw a couple guys like nodding their head. I was like, this guy's into it. I was like, oh no, this guy's like drunk and trying to get laid. <laughs> like he 100% doesn't care about this. But, DJing uh, is not easy, man. I not, mean, yeah, Brad did it for years know, in East Village. The gigs like that where you're kind of just background music, those are those are easy. I mean, unless you just fucking fuck up. What kind of but DJing were you? But when people are you, watching you. Yeah, what were you spitting? Brad, you were spitting what, like so, Ni- at Niagara well, the, and stuff, well, I was right? going to say, like, one of the people that I learned a lot about DJing from was Max. Max Huber from Swingin' Utters. Okay. And yeah, yeah, Max yeah, used to do, because I was doing Upstairs, which was like people looking to get to fuck other people. Right. But even that was difficult because I had to keep the vibe up, you know. But Max was downstairs where it was a dance party. And like, that was a lot of pressure because I would fill in for him when he when he couldn't do it. And dude, I fucking sweated the whole like four hours or whatever. You it had was. to play the the right. You got to keep right. the room yeah. on, man. Like, and it's not always. It's you know, a lot of times it was cheesy shit. You know, mm-hmm. you know the hits, but stuff you would you don't want to play. Yeah, like you want to. <clears> you got to swallow your pride pretty quick, and you got to play the fucking Justin Bieber, but. Right. But then you can drop in the old shit. Like I would, you know, I'm a huge fan of like '90s hip hop, and like if you pick the right tune, you can drop that stuff in there. It's With just you the gotta right know crowd, when to do right? it. Yeah, but that the is, thing is, the... what Max taught me, which was really good, is like when you put a song on, you know, as soon as it starts, you know before the room reacts that you just made a mistake. You know right. what I mean? Yes. Did you, did you experience that? Mm-hmm. And what he Every would do, time. what Max would yeah, do, yeah. is Every like, song. Video is like PTSD, right? and me, like, Every I come song. from like a producer background where I'm like, okay, man, like this isn't working, but maybe I'll fade it a little bit, like after the first chorus. What if I flange you know, like, it? What <laughs> if I flange it? Oh no, no, it's, it's getting worse. I gotta like, maybe I can mix in another song. Like Max was like, Max would be like, he dropped it, he goes, ah, that's not right. Boom, and he would just fucking drop. He would just cut to the next. He would just track. go, mm-hmm. like, not even yeah. pretty. He'd just be like, fuck that, that didn't work. Yeah, but as long as it was the right song and people, uh, yep, yeah, you know, like yeah, the next as long as the next song was better. Yeah, the thing Brad taught me too about DJing was he was like, if anyone asks you for a request, just say yes, and then just don't play it. Yeah, right? Just say that yes. That's amazing. Yeah, Max too. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, but he was he was fucking he was way more cold hearted about it than me. Like I w- I would always say that, and then half the time I would play it. Yeah, he yeah. would never fucking play it. <laughs> Um, I have a question from a friend. Um, We do this segment called Mystery Friend, Mm -hmm. where uh, we have a friend of you guys ask a question. You have to answer it, or if you want, we need background. It's a friend of ours, a friend of yours. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think specifically, definitely a friend of yours. I think probably a friend of yours. Okay. Um, And so uh, so it's got to remain a mystery. It's going to remain a mystery, but you have to guess who it is after this. Oh, great! I love that. Um, That's awesome. So. we have one question is actually about I think this might be about Brandon's your solo EP. Okay. Um it's crowdfunded. Yeah. What were some of the weirdest or biggest requests to come through as a result? Did you have some kind of It was all pretty controlled. Okay. Um so 
I think if anything, my some of my offers were weird, but none of the requests were weird. Like some of the things that you can do was, was um, oh, so pen pals. So I'm a pen pal with about half a dozen people that we're going to do like cool. five, really? exchange, five exchanges each. Um, and then there was a pledge for a drawing by my son and you just request whatever you want him to draw basically. And he draws it. That's a really um, good idea. All this stuff. That also, is really you good. Have, so you have to, so five letters each back and forth for the pen pal. So you need to bring the relationship to a close on the last one. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, this has been to, fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I, there's you, a few things I didn't even think through. I mean, no, but I mean, my it, like my home address is. But if you find the PO box. connections with these people, then you can just continue it for a while. Yeah, maybe through email though, because these are handwritten and. Oh, it's analog. I trust nice. me. I, I all analog. That's, I think that's it's good, more though. special that's that way. I think it's special that way, but it's you know it's a lot of work. Um, I don't. It, I'm still doing it. I I'm doing. I was doing work before I came here with that and i'll be doing more when i leave here because i have to deliver by the deadline um and there's some cover songs that i'm doing that i have to do on saturday and i'm like going to italy the next day so there, oh my it's God. a ton of work it was wildly successful but it's also a ton of work and in the future i i might have to reevaluate how i would do that again it's with hard regards to like time management right because it started affecting other areas of my life. <laughs> you basically. might end up just getting minimum wage for this. I almost got divorced. Oh, I almost yeah, got movie life. It down hourly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it's so much work, but it's it's really it's been a beautiful experience, though. So, yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah. It's hard to think of incentives that aren't just like, "Well, thank you," or yeah. like, you I, know. "I had to keep it interesting." Yeah, and then we no, also you, did like um, cool. disposable camera shots of like behind the scenes in the studio and. Uh, so, so they're very analog. Very like nice. You know, I like it. Yeah. You should have recorded reel to reel. Keep it all analog. <laughs> I would have had to Four fund fund would have triple the amount of money longer. probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah dude, it's hard to write letters too. Like my, I've been trying to write my journal. Like my oh hand my just God. cramps, and up. you can't spell anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't no spell, spell anything. I did handwritten lyric sheets. I can. I'm looking at it right now. Blister. Blister. I had to do like 20-something handwritten lyric sheets. Wow. Because really, I mean, what? instead of jot, like, aside from jotting something down, you when never, are you yeah. holding a pen for that? Never. Yeah. That's Nobody. Why it's yeah. immediately raw. Like, it's raw after the first two but, songs are written out. And it's, I had wow. to put, I put a Band-Aid over it. And it was like... But that, do you think it's just you're out of, pre like, I never felt that way in high school. No, because you kind of, you it's like the, guitar playing. You, you build your, up your, yeah, it's, you're, yeah. you build up immunity, a callus. You've been doing it from, like, age two, man, with crayons. Your skin yeah. changes there, you know, when you're doing it all the time, like, with guitar playing. But then if you don't write anything with a pen for years, like, I remember writing rent checks, just being like, whoa. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that my writing, when I, if yeah. I write anything longer than a couple words, it just turns to it's, crap. It's total. And that's another uh -huh. thing. It was like focusing was trying to like remember just how to write <laughs> the letters of the English language. A, B, C, D. Oh, my God. Uh, who do you think asked that question? So it's a friend of mine? Yeah. <laughs> who asked what's the most uh, Friends unusual... like these. Yeah, what? Yeah. You need more than that's that. A that's, that's, that's a very vague question. All right. They, they have what a, a bad a follow, friend. They have a follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are any Nightmare View songs about Pete Wentz? 
No. No. Does that give any insight into might be who might be asking this? Uh, there's one more question. Yeah, well, let's give me one more. I think I, I might be able uh, to do it. Fuck, Mary kill. Liam Gallagher, Damon Albarn, <laughs> and Paul Banks. Is Sarah Lewitton? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I want to answer that question. Though. Who is it again? Uh, Damon Fuck, Al- Mary... Damon... Damon Albarn... Damon... Um, Paul Banks or Liam Gallagher? You guys should both answer it. I want to marry Damon Albarn, <laughs> fuck Paul Banks, and kill Liam Gallagher. Not, I mean, just right. Nothing against game. him, but I had a, I had someone had to die. Yeah, so he's <laughs> true. Be him. I'm a blur guy all the way. So gotcha. Damon seem. I, mean, I would marry Damon. I mean, he seems, seems like the most level-headed of. Like, he, yeah, like he's got a head on seems his shoulders. Like a guy. I mean, we can have a chat with him. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of seems he like he's a little. Um, <laughs> I would fuck Liam, I guess, because yeah. I don't want him to die. And yeah, then, yeah, kill Paul. Yeah, <laughs> someone's got to die. It's, it's well, hot, that's hot the only words. reason I would. Yeah, that's yeah. the only reason. Um, I, I really like. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this guy. Liam on Twitter. I'm an Oasis guy. As much as I don't want to um, kill Liam because his Twitter is fucking. Really, I haven't incredible. seen it. It's incredible, incredible. Really? It's so funny. I like Blur so and funny. Oasis equally, so I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know. I was right in the middle. I yeah. wasn't part of and the, like the no rivalry. <laughs> I never understood, you know, they don't even remotely sound the same. I never understood the... I think they were both just Britpop bands, and I think it was probably invented very wisely by the press and both of them, maybe. Yeah, well, they were both perpetuated rip- it. They were both ripping off the Beatles, but like in different ways, mm-hmm. different eras and different... But Blur was sounds. like writing lyrics that meant stuff and oasis was just writing well what rhymes melodies with, what rhymes that, with hair you know? who cares what <laughs> lyrics there are you gonna sing along yeah do you guys feel like you've ever had a rivalry probably not maybe with another band with another band or with like another scene or something um i think we did a fairly good job at staying out of that kind yeah. of stuff i don't think so i mean I, you know gr- growing up in a hardcore scene which we both did I mean, in Long Island hardcore scene, which is different. I mean, it's not just hardcore. It's kind of a lot of stuff. But I, the vibe was super unity style. Yeah. It wasn't, like, um, competitive or anything. Everybody was just s- surprised at how much of the rest of the world was listening to all of us Long Island bands. Yes. is is interesting. So, no, I don't, I don't think so. Everyone loves Silent Majority. That was yeah, like the first well, thing kind I learned. Of more than, I, you know, <laughs> responsible for yeah all of those bands, sort of at least stepping stone, like jumping off. It all we all, I think we were all sort of ripping that off sonically until we all found our own sounds. Yeah, brand new Taking Back Sunday, Glassjaw, Movie Life, Crime and Stereo, and I, I, you know, everyone else. We're all in the crowd. At every Silent Majority show, like every show, yeah. we may have not even been in those bands yet, but yeah, all the members of those bands that were from Long Island were in the crowd singing along to Silent Majority. They were that important to, like, in our formative years. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it's it's kind of strange because I, I went to school in Ithaca and they would come through and I would see them like Life of, Life of Spectator era and I thought they were great too. But it's weird to have a band that's so influential on so many big bands that isn't super well-known all over i mean i think they're respected everywhere but you know like i think if they played in the west coast it definitely wouldn't be the same as you know what i mean i think there's like 
20, 30, 40, 50 hardcore kids in each bigger market that found out about them. You know what I mean? In other markets. Like, I don't think, I think we've talked about this before, you and I. Like, I don't know what it is. There's a reason. Like, you could probably get to the bottom of why some, I mean, they didn't tour. That's one thing. Okay. They they toured a bit, but not when anyone was going to shows. I think we maybe did the only big tour that they've ever done. Yeah, they, I mean, they took we us toured out with them. They took us out for like three weeks. Yeah, probably ninety thousand. Um, I know they did a tour with. They did the um, tour with Indecision and Millhouse. Remember that? Yeah. Excuse me, I'm. Excuse my burping. Um, they were always on. I mean, I know they were always kind of on a Long Island label, and they never did. They were never. They were never a full time band, and maybe that had something to do with not. But it might have been that that era too. Like it never, like they broke up before things started to spread on the internet and things like that. I don't know. Because it's crazy like how, I mean, every show they played when they got back together like last year. Last year? I think this and... It sold out in a second. Mm -hmm. Right. I remember that. That's amazing. Did you go to the Vita show or any of the shows? I was away for every show. Um. I couldn't make any show. So, and I was speaking with Ryan from Silent Majority uh, about it, kind of like just making sure they were going to do another one. <laughs> but who knows if I'll be I'll be home for that too. Yeah. You know? But I think the door is kind of slightly open for that for them. But I mean, we're gonna we're putting a record out in September, and we're gonna be busy as shit. So, I'm sure. And you guys are going out with it early November. Yeah, yep. we're. Um, we're doing a U.S. tour with early November, like co-headlining. We got Racket Club. We were talking about Racket Club. Oh my Club. god! We got I Racket Club Racket to Club. do half of it. Um, no way! It's oh, so cool. It's, <laughs> I'm so stoked. Racket Club is half of Texas and west towards west. Is that what it is? Yeah. Are they doing New York? No, they're doing. No, the they're other doing part. the yeah, yeah, other yeah, half yeah, of yeah, the yeah. states. All right, I went out to L.A. for their first show. That's so like you how. Can, so you'll come out. Maybe I'll come out. Yeah. It'll be that, Troubadour. That's a good oh, vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So us in early November and Record Club are doing Troubadour. Nice. It's very special. Love. You know, I'm a knapsack, Sam I am, dude. Yes. So I pushed really hard for Racket Club. Um. And so they're doing half the tour. We're you know splitting it up. Um, I would love for them to be on the whole tour, but we just did it. We wanted to do a three band bill. Right, that makes sense. So we compromised and, you know. Uh, but at the same time, it, it actually is really cool because Heart Attack Man is doing the other half. And when we were sent submissions for the tour, um, Racket Club was our num- me and Brandon's number one choice and Heart Attack Man was our second choice. Sweet. So when early November was like, we really want to do Heart Attack Man, we were like, well, we like them too. So it was like perfect democracy at work there. Yeah, that's that, cool. they that got their number of, one and we got our number one. Yeah, and then we split it down the middle and so. Yeah, that part of it was like really easy. I haven't heard Heart Attack Man. They're cool. Check they're them good. Out. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Um, I mean, they're I imagine they're younger dudes. Yeah. Um, but they're good. Um, basically we just wanted like, you know, something fresh. And I thought, I mean, Racket Club is a brand new band. They're not 20 years old, but they're 
fucking awesome. Yes. <laughs> and there's no way that group of guys is going to make anything that's not amazing. And um, now all the songs I've heard from them are fucking awesome. So, I mean, we're looking forward to spending time with them. And I don't know. It's cool to be out on the road with people you respect and people you kind of grew up listening to. Um, I mean, Knapsack for me, I, on our first tour, do you remember, um, I, I befriended a girl and we were pen, we were analog <laughs> pen pals. Did you have a five letter limit or it was, um, no, it's just when, <laughs> I, I don't even know. Um, life happened and we, now we don't write to each other. I'm starting to worry how to close this we pen pal thing now to... too, though. I'm thinking about this now. How do you sign off? Who's the, I'm you getting very Larry to. David over here. <laughs> yeah. Larry David would fake his death. So yeah, that's what I you're going to have to it, do. Whatever it is, it's going to be extreme and unnecessary. So uh, anyway, go ahead. Movie Life's first tour was with Inside. Do you know Inside? It sounds familiar. They were emo as shit. <laughs> they were like Long Island's answer to like Mineral and like Sunny Day. There's and a band's like Sleeposaurus and these bands I've heard of, but okay. I don't really totally know. Inside right. was next generation right after that though. Okay. Not during Sleeposaurus. Got right. it. Yeah, Inside was like going, like they were playing at the same time as Sound Majority. They they started later than Sound Majority, but um, Eddie Reyes from who started Movie Life and Taking Back Sunday and Mind Over Matter. Um, he, inside, right? he was in inside. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Um, so, oh yeah. So we played great falls, Montana and I made a friend and we were pen pals and she sent me a mixtape and it had, um, knapsack Thursday side of the street on it. And that's, you know, 1998, I think is when I got that song. And ever since then, I've been a huge Knapsack fan. So it it's, means a lot that those guys are going to be out with us. And it's a band that I'll be watching. Yeah, we were talking about this too. I felt like I was like, Rise seems like a label where like if I had a label and I could sign anyone, I was like, oh yeah, I'll sign Blair's band. I'll sign Hot Water. I'll sign At The Drive-In. I'll sign <laughs> yeah. The Movie Light. Like, yeah. It's cool. Looks like, yeah, they're having a lot of fun. Yeah. He's had a lot of success with a lot of, you know, he's had a broad kind of, you know, roster and they've sold a ton of records and it seems like lately he's been signing, I don't know, bands that, yeah, bands, it's different. You know, he signed Hot Water at the drive-in, um, us, I mean, I think they even did a placebo record too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. And that, that's what I really like about it is the eclectic mix of, they're, I mean, maybe at one time they were this kind of label, and I feel like that might be changing now, and that was very appealing for me when yeah. signing with them. Yeah, I think that's like, yeah, for us, we we wanted to know what was going on with the label, and what was going on was he was signing a bunch of bands that we like. Yeah. <laughs> and it was easy. I mean, and it's really cool, because, I don't know, it's, it's a... For us to even sign to a label, like... We you know we haven't signed a, a deal since we're like 2001 or something. You guys were on drive through originally. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We signed a drive through. Drive through bought us out of Revelation Records. Oh really? I never knew that. Our first record came out on Revelation. Oh right. And um and before Revelation, we had put out a seven inch on Initial. 
Really? And that was where, yes, that was where we were at. And we started gaining steam and we started wanting to go really hard. And drive through came into the picture. And I mean, really, the drive through thing was amazing for us. Like, we like signed a record deal and got like a van and a trailer and gear and a good recording budget and like actual things that bands that are trying to like take it further need. You know, actually, I mean, we had our van wreck. Right. Yeah. We wrecked our van. We flipped our van in South Dakota and wrecked everything. And uh, drive through was kind of knocking on our door right around the same time. And we were kind of like, well, we need this, 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 this and this. And they were like, cool. And we we're like, OK, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of how that came about. Nice. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, we got actually, some roots in the were, core. That we were yeah, we were. I mean, we were never a hardcore band, but we were. Our era of Revelation was also very like broad. It was not. Was this like Speak Seven One Four? No, I think that? it was probably a little past that. Like past that? Okay. the records that came out around when we released our Rev record were like Drowning Man. Um, okay. Which Drowning Man record was that? <sighs> uh, um, they always had clever names for their records. I, know. <laughs> I can't um, remember. Whatever the dragon. It was man definitely more was. like uh, it started getting a little more post hardcore right. at the time when we were doing it. So we were it kind of worked for us because even though we were, we were doing some stuff that was pretty punk hardcore though at the time. Yeah, like there was but like it, fast tempos and gang vocals and things like that going on. But yeah, but it um, wasn't yeah. probably Drowning Man. Um, by a thread, okay. Himza? Garrison, since by Himza, man, maybe. Himza? Since by man, maybe. Yeah. Judas Factor, right? Um, I think in my eyes was going like in my eyes was probably doing their last record. Okay. Fast Break was doing a record. I think Fast Break record came out before we signed for sure, but that was still going on. Mm-hmm. I'm probably oh, Game Face. Game Face, yeah. That kind of stuff. So it was kind of like a, a a broad kind of rev. It wasn't just a hardcore. Right. Thing. Although, I mean, Rev had been doing that for a while. Like, Yeah, that's true. I mean, Sensefield and Shades Apart and all that stuff was not hardcore, you know? I'm having a flashback to, like, meeting you on, like, Warp Tour, like, drive through record stage, like, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Yeah, we've, we've crossed paths many times. Yeah. But we've never... We would see each other... And then see each other again like three or four years later. So we yeah. never got down. This is the closest we've ever been. Yeah. I ran into you at the... Well, we had a nice lunch. We did. I actually ran into you at that emo Wait. night that I was telling you about. <laughs> <laughs> I was the, just the, thinking as you were telling that story, I was like, I remember being up. pretty <laughs> drunk, but I think I saw the guy from All Time Low DJ and emo night. And I think Marky was there. Yeah, I was at that. Yeah, um... But anyway, yeah, like, yeah, me, I think me and you are friends now. Yeah, I think it's official. Like, I think lobster rolls yeah. really. We we text yes. each other sometimes. It's true. It's true. And just kind of I mean, lobster rolls are twenty five dollars for one. That's at least that. Yeah. I think we had like, I might have or, I got like bacon and avocado added to Thir- it. Thirty, maybe some corn. Yeah, it might be a solid thirty. <laughs> yeah, some corn. <laughs> I ate there two nights ago. It's good. I sat at the same table we sat at. Nice. I had a. Qu- I was on. We're almost. But I was on your Wikipedia page today, 
and I saw it said Frank from My Chem played in the movie Life. Oh, I can't wait to see this. this Dude, is- let's just add <laughs> fake news. <laughs> That's amazing. Add, let's, let's, I let's think they saw it. that. Maybe I made no, that up. I think I don't think you. Why wouldn't it I'm be on there? But right no, he, everything Frank, on Wikipedia is true. It's a little too wild and random for it to be f- him. Are you checking it out? I'm checking it out right now. Check it out. Frank was never in uh, was never in movie life, but we toured with Mike Hem. They opened a tour that we did, right? Yeah. No. Just oh yeah. Ha- um, oh fuck! What bands? No, the, he's not in the past members. He's not. No. They used, and that was that tour, right? They used in Mike Hem. And who else? And there was like another co-headliner with the used. Mike Hem opened, and nobody who knew who they were. And movie life was second. Really. Finch? I think Finch? it was Finch. Maybe it was Finch. Yeah, it might have been Finch. Yeah, I think it was Finch. So and what? My cam opened, and so we toured with them and stuff. But interesting. Maybe I made that up. I don't <laughs> know. My or cam, maybe it was my a cam took Nightmare of You on tour, and then yeah, they took a Nightmare of You on tour. So we, I mean, we've done a lot of in the crossing mix. paths of Frank. But yeah, yeah. I haven't. I haven't heard his new band. It's good. I see that they're doing a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I gotta good. check it out. You gotta check it out. He's a really nice dude. Yes. I also I haven't talked to him. Maybe I ran into him when I went and I saw your show with. I I was I'm a big Nightmare U fan, so I went and saw your show with Mike M at the downtown on Long Island. Oh, okay. I was very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was curious. Are you guys? I mean, obviously you have the new Movie Life record coming out, but you guys also do solo stuff as well. I mean, are you? How do you sort of? Do you just kind of like map out the schedule? Like this is going to be the cycle for this, and it, it's even less than that. It's like, oh, movie life's not doing something for these three months. Okay, I'm going to make an EP. Like it was just like filling in the gap with being with staying creative, basically, and you know maybe it'll supplement something, but it's really just for for fun. We, for we were we were talking. I I we were talking about like bringing our our music out with us, like. Like yeah. having it be like on the side by the merch table. Yeah. Like here's our stuff, movie life stuff. And if you were interested in like, you know, anything else. <laughs> right. Here's me and Brandon's music. Like we were talking about doing that. Cause I mean, yeah, we're, you know, not? It's, it's not going to, yeah. there's not any rules. Anything. Yeah. It's only going to help. Right. So. Yeah. So that's what like, we're, I think we're still trying to figure that out. Like, but it's true now with movie life with, especially with the record cycle starting, it's going to be hard to figure out how to do solo stuff. I mean, weekend trips and things like that. But I always want to do solo stuff. We do solo stuff together all the time. So it's almost like we'll be together anyway. But you're allowed to do solo shows without me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sell the record. You guys can sell your zines. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we can bring movie life stuff on our solo tours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There hasn't even been time to you know, entertain the idea of doing a solo show. We've, I mean, we've just been so busy. Yeah. Um, with that stuff. It must feel good, though, for it to finally be coming out after all this work, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's crazy. And like he said, I haven't listened, I haven't listened to the album in a few months, so... Because, you know, if I was listening to the during this whole time, I'd be like, this is not good anymore. Yeah. I'm burnt out. <laughs> so it'll be nice to revisit it and, um, you know, in August. I and just kind of, to... like, get my chops up on the new songs and before we go to practice, but... Um, yeah, but when we put the first song out, I listened to it, I was like, oh, wow, it's good to hear it. 
yeah. after not hearing it. I so listened long. to Jawbreaker Dear You recently because I had completely ruined that record for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, ten different times in my life, probably. Yeah, same here. I listened to it in the shower the other day. Wow. Yeah, what a record. You ruined it in what way? Listen to it too much? or Yeah, like, for like a year straight, <laughs> and then give it a rest, and then once you put it on, you're just like, oh, this is... You know, yeah. When you listen, I think when you listen to a record addictively, you stop actually enjoying it, and it's more compulsive. Yeah. But I think after you just like let it breathe for a little while, and you revisit it, you're like, you can actually just rehear it, sort of. Dear you, so uh, fucking good. It is good. It's a very polarizing record, though. People are very divided on it. I feel like it's such bullshit. And it was just it's just still divided hating. on it. And no, thanks now. I mean, I don't know. I have like a lot of very I thought it was a scientific fact that Dear You was the best jawbreaker record. It's definitely not a scientific fact. I have a lot of friends that are like, well, <laughs> I think Orange Rhyming Dictionary is the best jawbreaker, uh, jawbreaker record. So, How do you feel about... No, it's not a jawbreaker. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you were very convincing. I'll take a Jets of Brazil reunion over a jawbreaker reunion. Dude, we ten have... Ten times out of ten. We have a member of Jets of Brazil on an upcoming podcast. Ooh, Ooh I'm covering a Jets song. Uh, daily. Oh, cool! And we we ask about it. Um, awesome. I don't know if it'll come up before or after this, but he has a, he has an interesting story about it. But here's a record I want to ask you about. We're almost done, but uh, this is a record my friend loves. Jawbreaker loves Jets, hates perfecting loneliness. Oh, he's wrong. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> that's what I say. But he's he's like, dude, I don't understand how you like this record. I'm into every I would, Jets record, almost the same. I'm. It's great. I, I it might have less good songs. Yeah. But yeah. some but Cat Heaven is one of the best, right? Yeah. That's a song that I'm covering for Pledge. That's oh, cool. one of the songs. Nice. Cat yeah. Cat but like the first seventy percent of the record is like it's just Brazil to me. I, did you, you know, see we did a, li- a live podcast with Blake and he played Sweet Avenue? Oh my god. Right? Oh, no. But Mike Dubin was in the front row and shot like amazing video of it it's on oh, YouTube. Cool. That's awesome. I'll send you a link to it or something. Okay. Oh, god, I won't I, be at Riot Fest no. but I imagine that we live in New York and everyone comes to us and we'll if, see. If they're going we'll to do more shows, they're going to do New York. Here. Yeah. They got to do New York. They have to. Why wouldn't they do more shows? If they get it all together, that yeah. would, that's like, it's the same with movie life. It was like, well, we're going to practice for months and months to become a band again and then just play one show. But that's something. Outside? <laughs> in, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. but the, I feel, don't Outdoors? You th- I feel like that's kind of what happened with the Misfits. It's what everybody does and it's what drives me fucking nuts because I hate outdoor shows. But then yeah. I feel like yeah. whenever I bank on the band's going to do more shows, they never do. Like I'm like, a jailbreaker, man. It can go anyway. Exactly. I mean, you don't, I you don't know what you're going to get. Pretty, he held pretty fucking firm for yeah. a long time. I'm sure they were getting offers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He might start, ma- he might start mozzing you guys, jets, though. Man. Yeah. He might start pulling a Morrissey. Oh, my God. <laughs> just not showing up. And it, you know, like, I could just, I could see it. I, I hope, <laughs> oh God, I hope it goes well. I hope it does, I hope too. Jawbreaker goes really well. Yeah, me too. Movie yeah. Life Jawbreaker Tour. Oh, I already, I, I'll pay I, you. I, I tweeted to Jawbreaker that. I say, take a, please take us on tour. Yeah, that'd be a good Everyone tour. liked it, but them. <laughs> so, I think Chris runs it. The guitar, uh, one of the guys runs the twitter page the one who does like all the job he yeah, yeah. kind of runs he the band the label and stuff but I, right when i saw they were united i was like let's you know i wrote i was like let's, yeah. let's take movie life out yeah we'll buy on yeah, yeah. we'll <laughs> buy on to the tour <laughs> it'll just it's just basically just going to see jawbreaker every night yeah i don't need you don't have to pay me it's yeah and then slowly like on the off day i'll be like maybe you do a solo set yeah 
Maybe we do solo sets in a bar and you play all Jets to Brazil songs for, for us. <laughs> <laughs> I have designs. Yeah. I need, I need Jets, man. I'll never listen to Jawbreaker again in my life if it means I can see Jets to Brazil play a set. Wow. They have three great records. What, like, what? If they, if they close at Rocket Boy, I might. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you know that I'm not dissing Jets to Brazil. Yeah. I just said that they're better than Jawbreaker, which I yeah. bet, I bet Blake would appreciate that. Yeah, he's I bet he hope that too. he edits this correctly. Otherwise. <laughs> We, but let me know we could change here. the narrative really quickly. So. But for real, though, I mean, Dear You is, is amazing. and There's no way that Dear You now isn't the best Jawbreaker record. And I understand nostalgia, and I understand the, the record that you got into first, you know? But uh, I don't know if you guys are into seaweed. Are you guys seaweed guys? Spanaway is the best seaweed record. But that's their last record. And there might be people in Tacoma that think, Weak or Despised is the best record. But I got into Despised and Weak first. But still, Spanaway came out on a major label. Same, same exact theory, story. Yeah. Right, right. And those were their best records. It just so happened that they're like records that flopped because it was major label were the best ones still, I yeah. think. Well, yeah. sonically, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I love 24-Hour Revenge Therapy, but... I think I'm that's a the front guy. runner, but yeah. yeah. I get, and I, get, I totally get it. It's a different record. It's very different, and it's more like rootsy. Sure, but I remember the like the backlash when they put out "Dear You" with like, you know, basically the hardcore pe- kids on in Long Island, on Long Island. But like, that has that has to have worn off by now, and everybody you oh, know yeah. must realize that that's the best one. You know, it's the it's the Pinkerton. You know, it's the Pinkerton. Because Pinkerton, I think everyone liked Pinkerton, though. But I just, think they uh, liked it at the rib- time. It just wasn't. It just didn't beat. Well, I think that was the whole thing. I heard that he like was bummed because he thought it was a failure. Yeah, but everyone was like, "This is the best one." Yeah, like, when I worked at AP, we did like a, a big story with him, and he had no. This was like a long. This is like ten, fifteen years ago, but he had like no idea people like love that record. We're like, <laughs> no, everyone in this scene worships this record and he was like what really and now i think they did the reissue and yeah. they did the tour and they know but yeah i think it was so very surprising you, you were first. the catalyst for that well it was the cool <laughs> i don't know if it was me personally but i was like part did of they the... give you an ap award at the last <laughs> award for being the the guy that made rivers play pinkerton songs again? that deserves an award <laughs> It does. I don't. I, I don't think I'm that guy. I wish I was. I mean, I think I was like at the magazine when that happened, but I don't think I was like. Let me get Rivers on the phone. You were one instrument in the process of the whole sure. moving. Yeah, I can. We can say I was like. Yeah, that's a good idea. Didn't they, what, what was the award that did you go this year? I did not go this year. Oh right, we discussed that at the at the Flatliner show. Oh yeah, the Flatliners. But but you but they gave John Feldman an award, right? They gave John Feldman. What was the award? Some kind of like I don't know the exact name, like the Vanguard or some kind of like lifetime, lifetime achievement, achievement, achievement oh, okay. type of award for. Oh, cool. And then he played with um, this like a punk band from Asia, like OK AOK. Oh, the Japanese band. Yes. Who's like the Beatles and. A, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, they're like the Beatles in Japan. 
Yeah, they were a band where I was like, I have never heard of this band, but they look like they're huge. And then I went online and it was like people were losing their minds. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope I'm not burping on this whole podcast. I, I feel like those I are am. silent burps, dude. Yeah, I don't hear yeah, but you don't have headphones on right now. For all you know, like this could <laughs> Brad, be... edit those out. <laughs> edit every single one out. Yeah, but they're not sa- they're worse than like a loud burp. They're like burps that you swallow. <laughs> I'm drinking a very happy beer and it's very bubbly. Yeah. Just This is all they had at the you, you know. This That's a good beer, man. I love okay. that beer. Yeah. It's strong. I yeah, it's it a little strong. hoppy, but I, I like it. There's those at Union Hall, they have those tall boys of it. It's a dependable yeah. IPA. Yeah. yeah, it is. And I needed, I wanted like a strong beer. Like a, I've I've had like a allergy, like whole life situation today. So I wanted to kind of like blast through it with this beer. It's working. Good. Yeah. So we're going to jam now, right? Well, yeah, like let's do it. We got all these gear. Start a band. All right, let's go. I got a few band names. Yeah. In the yeah. I got a few that I haven't used. Yeah, you gotta save those. You do not want to give them out in the podcast. It's tough to come up. Me and Steve have been trying to come up with a band name for a while. What kind of um what genre? I'd say it's like very mega very influenced by like Bedhead and like just like kind of like the hair product or the <laughs> The, the hair product and the the touch and go band. Uh, like a I lot don't of know like, bedhead. Oh, they're awesome. Yeah, I never heard them. bedhead like silkworm like those kind of like, uh, it's like early two thousands. Silkworm is awesome. Yeah, I remember hearing silkworm. Silkworm is yeah. amazing. One of my favorite bands. But yeah, kind of like it's more bedheady, but like that's it. Yeah, just kind of droney, slow. How do you? Ah. Yeah. Slow Journey? The name I wanted, the, I had like, every name I come up with is stupid and it's also taken. I was like, because <laughs> I like like Bedhead, I like that like two syllable. I was like, what about like Ottoman? Like, <laughs> nope, taken. And I was like, really? Ottoman? Yeah. Like, I thought yeah. that was stupid enough where it was available. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Any one word, there's no... Everything there's is no taken. There's no one word. But there's a lot of, think of it, like you have some of your, you know, the, uh, all of our favorite bands, some of them have bad names, but you quickly forget about that and you it just becomes a word yes that's associated with that thing you like you but know? now it's hard to it's even true. find a bad name that isn't taken because mm. it's like i feel like there should be some kind of like sexual limitations or like just because you have a band camp page like yeah. from 12 <laughs> years ago doesn't mean that you have rights to this thing forever yeah well, i don't think they do and i don't think that they would they like don't. fight you in court over it oh, what i learned is um i would look on spotify to see okay. if things were called that, but that's not the way to do it. The way to do it is to look on all music. All music. Because um, we were trying to na- name this record, and we thought we had a few uh, like real good ones that we loved and we were going to stick with. And our manager was like, no, you need to look at all music. Because it has like everything. Spotify does not. Interesting. Yeah, so you could really find out, like, all right, they've released a record, a full-length record, in this year, okay, fine. It was in 1981. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you know if what it I mean? was a band that had like a one-off EP in 1967, right? Take the name. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, there there are situations where you can take it and run with it. So, were you checking to see, like, make sure no one's had this album name? And well, that doesn't want it which, to be anything. I want it to be unique. Yeah, like yeah. if Legally, it wouldn't have mattered. Looks but, it up, or if someone searches it, I don't want there to be ten other records yeah. called that. You know? Right. 
It's good to have it be unique, I think, in that respect, because everyone is just going, everyone's just searching things. You know, nobody's going to a record store and digging and stuff. They're just typing it into their phone and searching what it is, you know? Yeah. So, so the more have. unique, the easier you'll find it, I think. I mean, you're talking to a guy who's in a band called United Nations, which is like the worst name to search <laughs> ever. So. Yeah, I, I really like that name. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good it's name. It's a great name. Oh, you I think search, I'm sorry, for the search engine. For the nightmare. search engine yeah, stuff, yeah. it's hard, yeah. though. It's tough. Yeah. Movie Life seems pretty good, actually. Well, there is a movie called Life, so it's... it's oh, I went and saw... <laughs> you know, the Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy film? No, I it's, don't. Oh, they're like... Um, well, I've never seen it. Um, but it's like a... I think they're prisoners. I remember, like, the DVD Wait, cover. it's called Life? It's called Life. Um, Have you seen this one? No? Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy, for sure. And I think on the DVD box, like, on the cover, they're wearing, like, you know, black and white striped, like prisoners uniforms something like that i hope i remember that right but yeah if you search the movie life like if you oh yeah if you don't make movie life one word <laughs> right then yeah you might like the image that comes up might be that dvd cup <laughs> and you've never seen it the movie no i yeah. haven't no but yeah i've always been you aware haven't seen of the movie life I haven't the seen movie the movie Life. <laughs> I've eaten the cereal Life. Yeah. Grew up on that stuff. Love it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, Cinnamon Life. <laughs> Just another quick reminder, our Patreon account is up and active. You can go check it out at patreon.com slash track and also via our website. All right. Thank you to the movie life. Thank you to Vinny and Brandon for Thank coming Thank you to by. Pulse Music for hosting our recording session yes. for this podcast. Thank you to their manager, Anna, and publicist, Tito, for helping set it up. Oh, yeah. Thank you to everyone who's donated via Venmo. Um, oh, yeah. Let me thank some people. We have this Venmo account. It's off track if you haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> and we're wide open to uh, you know deferring any server costs and also trying to make a little money so that we don't put ads in these things. Yeah. And uh, let's see. I'm going to rat- rattle off a few people here who have been generous lately. Aaron Finney, thank you. Robert Gagno. Thank you. Brandon Weinberg. Yes. Brandon, very good, dude. Nice job. Of course, Ren Volpe, our new executive producer, going off track. RV in the house. <laughs> uh, what did we get here? Shannon Holmes, thanks. Siobhan. There's a bunch more of you. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it helps. So off track. Venmo at off track. Uh, or you can also donate via PayPal if you want. Or you can buy me a beer if you see me. This has happened before, and I like it. Yeah. It's, it'll actually, you know, it goes a long way towards supporting the podcast, buying buying Jonah a beer, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep him happy, man. Yeah. The happier you keep Jonah, the less we have to like actually try it's to pay true. I can be a real thing. taskmaster. <laughs> uh, don't let my laid-back persona fool you. <laughs> I'm a real jerk sometimes. Um, check out my label, Soundwag, at soundwag.com. I just released my friend's record, The Worried. If you like sort of semi-blues-based, like punk rock, hard rock and roll type stuff, um, two of the guys in, are guys that I played with many years ago. Uh, and I just released their full length. It's The Worried. Uh, you deserve this. So Yeah. I'm just going to try i'm probably going to try to i should promote the label more i think i'm gonna have a few more releases coming up i released some unreleased goops material a couple months ago and 
And I got some other stuff. Have you thought about doing any like vinyl or kind of physical? No, I don't want to spend any money. Yeah. Smart. I have a grandfathered sort of distribution deal that's really nice. And it doesn't really cost me anything to release product. Okay. I don't really promote it. Like I, it's, to this point, it's been either my stuff or friends' records, mostly like re-releases. Like this, this is actually a CD CD that they did on their own, and they needed the digital distribution, so I did it for them. So I don't do any PR. I don't want to spend any money. Great. Well, you have this huge <laughs> podcast, which is a huge platform. So yes. I think propping it at the very end of it, <laughs> after the guests have been For on, the three people. Yeah, I think this is a very good marketing, and you're going to probably have the number one record in America this week. Uh, Anyways, thanks. Um, oh, yeah. And also, if you can't donate, that's okay. Uh, you can go to iTunes and leave us a nice review. Um, say something nice. That, that goes a long way. Um, right? Yeah, man. I don't know. I've, I've never done that for any podcast, but I'm going to ask you to do it. People are doing it for us. Yeah. And so they're thank all you. glowing. Thank so you. thanks to all of you that have yes. already left reviews. Thanks to everyone who has done that, especially people that we aren't related to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure people in my family have done it. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another wonderful, wonderful podcast um, by the new Movie Life Record. Yeah.